0: The right detail can bump your wardrobe up a notch. Kick off this year by letting Indochino upgrade your style with customized suits, shirts, chinos, bomber jackets, and more without spending a fortune. Indochino clothing is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every detail. Give yourself a style edit that sets the tone for the rest of the year with Indochino. Get $50 off any purchase of 3 dollars or more with promo code STYLE at Indochino.com. That's Indochino.com promo code STYLE. Today on the Zabecast, we turn the page to June 1st, and look out the window, what we hope is a glorious receding coronavirus. What in the hell? I got some thoughts on the Antifa summer of 2020, plus some of the stupid and hopeful things that we've seen already. Gil Alexander will join me. We'll talk Vegas' plan for a comeback and gambling withdrawal from sports. All that and more as your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Monday, June 1, 2020, thank you for joining me. I only know two things for certain right now. One, the answer as to why does anyone ever need an AR-15 rifle, has been answered in vivid, shocking, horrifying detail. That's number one. Why does anyone need an AR-15? Now you know. Number two, Singapore is looking better and better all the time. I'll start with this quote. I've heard it said before about adversaries, especially geopolitical adversaries. I think this was said about ISIS or um, maybe it was in the Israel uh, conflict with the Palestinians. But it basically goes like this. When somebody tells you who they are repeatedly, believe them. When Antifa says they want to tear down America, believe them. They have felt this way, and they don't, it's not a joke, they're, are a shockingly large number of people who really want to fundamentally change America who fundamentally believe the country was founded on a racist premise continues to be a racist country rotten to its core unredeemable and they are looking to tear it down to the studs that they, they say this So when somebody tells you who they are repeatedly, believe them. And now we are definitely seeing that in action. So let's begin at the beginning, and I'll say this for the fifth straight day now on this show, on this podcast, I should say, and on both my shows, one in Milwaukee, one in Washington, D.C. uh, The murder of George Floyd by that piece of scum cop was sickening, shocking, and outrageous. And the fact, it took several days to arrest him and charge him even more so. I have no idea why that was the case. I mean, I got some idea, but well, you know what that is. I have no idea how police can allow police policy or police, you know, three other policemen can allow three other cops to act so indifferently as the guy is choking out and dying under this asshole's knee. I have no idea why this asshole had like 16 prior complaints about his conduct and still didn't get fired. Well, I actually do know Amy Klobuchar, who I guess was the AD, the AD, the uh, DA. Thank you. I'm thinking in sports terms, uh, district attorney or the attorney general, the AG, maybe whatever she was. Apparently, she didn't move to you know prosecute this guy any of the sixteen previous times. I don't know if any of the previous incidents actually warranted a prosecution, but. Who knows? All I know is they knew about this guy. And I would say all these are good questions for the Minnesota governor, the mayor, Jacob Fry, what a handsome young pixie he is, the DA, the police chief, and everyone else down the line. Now, as far as how do we reconcile the fact that a large number, if not majority of African-Americans don't trust the police and don't have good working relationship with law enforcement, how do we rectify that? Listen, I am all for whatever reform, smart reform that serious people think will help. I have not heard anything concrete yet. I don't know what the protesters are protesting for. And we know that the people throwing bricks through windows, they're not protesting. They're the bad element that's mixed into this. But if and when the time comes and, it sounds, and there's a proposal that says we need to do this, and if it sounds good to me, I'm all about it. I'll call my congressman. I'll support it on the air. I'll do all I can. Here's the real root of where we are now, in my opinion. In George Orwell's 1984, there was two main things that were featured amongst the many concepts. One was double think, and the other was new speak. And if you haven't read Orwell's 1984, now is a good time to go ahead and give it a quick read. You'll say, God, was this written by a time traveler? Doublethink was the process of indoctrination where the subject is expected to accept as true that which is clearly false or to simultaneously accept two mutually contradictory beliefs as correct often in contravention to one's own memories or sense of reality. Let that sink in. Double think. Newspeak is the fictional language of Oceania, that's the, the state or the nation that was in, you know, 1984, a totalitarian superstate that is the setting of Orwell's novel. They have criminalized such concepts as thought crime, as contradictions of Ingsoc, the official thinking of the state. I think Orwell only missed it by about 35 years. Because when you have an MSNBC reporter on Thursday night doing the this is fine meme of the dog sipping coffee while the whole rest of the frame is filled with flames, he was literally doing that in real life. You got a problem. We have a problem. Protesting is gathering and marching for a defined cause, usually with a permit and some planning, but not always. Rioting is burning down a building. Protesting is aimed at forcefully and peacefully changing the minds of those who are still on the fence. Looting is getting some new shoes after smashing a bunch of windows. If we can't agree on a card that is flipped on the table in our society and say That's ace of spades. That's king of diamonds. That's a seven of clubs. If one side is saying, no, that's not a seven of clubs. That's a 10 of hearts. Whoa, what do you mean? No, that's what it is. Nothing works. We're doomed. And this is where I've said for a while now that political correctness will kill us all eventually if it's not stopped. I mean, Mayor Cuomo saying repeatedly, Mayor Cuomo, Governor Cuomo saying repeatedly, the European virus, the European virus, the European, because it came from Europe. Because he's saying, well, you know, that's where our travelers brought it from. But they got it from China because political correctness says, oh, you can't call it the Chinese virus. It's insane. NBC News apparently will not let the reporters call what's going on rioting. NBC News. You can't call it rioting. What would a riot look like? There was a tweet from some reporter at a newspaper, a little local newspaper in Raleigh, North Carolina, that had windows smashed in and everything else. Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, by the way. And she said, we're a progressive newspaper. We're on your side. Why are you doing this? (laughs) As many people were quick to point out, yeah, once you unleash these forces, they don't give a fuck. And by the way, what the fuck? So attacking a conservative newspaper would have been fine, but, but we're one of you. No, we're, we're on your side. There's, si- there's sides to throwing bricks through windows? What do you mean your side? So look, all of this is happening for three main reasons. Number one is, of course, George Floyd's murder. Number two, and this is huge, is the lockdowns. The lockdowns have piled up a lot of flammable, burnable tinder that all it took was one match and boom, exploded. The lockdowns have left people bored, angry, scared, jobless, schoolless. And it's ushered in a sense of, hey, No rules anymore. Society has stopped. If society is going on at some level, even if it's not 100%, then it's harder for these things to crop up because people go, hey, you want to go riot tonight? Nah, man, I'm actually going to a concert. But thanks for asking. When there's nothing to do, this is what young people are going to do. And I'm talking about the white privileged, wannabe badasses who are in there fucking shit up right now. And if they had their job at Starbucks, they might say, "Ah, I'd love to protest, but got a shift tomorrow morning. Going to go turn in early. Or if they had school to go to or anything. Or if they had a girlfriend, they were going to go meet and get laid. There's a lot of things. So you shut all that off. You stop society. What do you think is going to happen? Also, very helpful, mandatory masks. So everybody's got a mask already, and they can run around and just break shit up, and murder people, and smash them in the head, and steal stuff, and who's going to catch them? Answer, nobody. Oh, yeah, one more thing. Part of what would help stop some of this urban unrest is if everyone is out doing stuff, there's more eyewitnesses, there's more business being conducted, there's more good people out and about than bad people, and there's no parking. That's eh, one thing. you know. If you can't find parking in downtown Atlanta, it's kind of hard to get your rally going. You're like, where are you? You're calling them. Fuck, I can't find a spot. I don't know, I'm like a mile away. Well, hurry up. We're ready to smash into some windows. So one is, of course, George Floyd's murder. Two is the lockdowns. Three is Antifa, which has now been declared a terrorist organization. I mean... Should I even be clapping for this? It took this long. The professional agitators are stunning. Two things I saw which blew my mind. Number one, there was some guy who looked like a Brad Pitt character in all denim. Denim jacket, denim, jeans, boots, hat, big beard, little guy running around and he was seen handing money to a couple of utes on bicycles and saying, yeah, okay, yeah, go over there, go over there. Let's find that asshole and let's bring the entire weight of the legal system, da- system down on him. And if you say, whoa, whoa, whoa what crime did he commit? Hell, What do you charge him with? Fuck it. Charge him with something. Lock him up, put him in the basement, deny their bail, even though pff, all the celebrities are now, we're donating money for bail for the... Protesters, yeah? Is that going to include the young white girl who's been charged with throwing a Molotov cocktail in New York into a police van? Oh, and apparently two attorneys, two New York City uh, licensed attorneys have been charged in that crime as well. Is that money going to bail them out? And, of course, they're setting up GoFundMes for this and the celebrities like Justin Timberlake are saying this. And Biden and his campaign, Biden hasn't said anything. I don't think as of yet. As of Sunday night, stuck in the basement. But Biden's campaign said they would uh, donate money from their campaign to bail out protesters. Are they going to bail out the thugs that beat a couple of an elderly pair of store owners in Rochester, New York, with an eight-foot-long two-by-four caught on video? Is that money going to go to bail them out? And from a political standpoint, honestly, is this a winning play, do you think? A winning play for Biden and the Democrats when it's all said and done. In fact, there is one woman, someone called it a random Karen spotting, who had the following to say about everything that's going on.
1: This is going to get Trump reelected. Please stop. Think first. Do not get Trump reelected for your behavior.
0: She's a fucking she's a crazy Karen like even in broad daylight and you know so-called nice Santa Monica where they were looting like crazy she's lucky she didn't get her ass beat killed but Karen's gonna Karen so there you go and now the left and the Democrats are spinning it, trying to say it's white nationalists. They're trying to say it's Russia. Susan Rice went on the talk shows and went again with the Russian angle. they have come to try to hijack those protests and turn them into something very different. Uh, and they are probably also, I would bet, based on my experience, I'm not reading the intelligence uh, today, Uh, Or these days. But based on my experience, this is right out of the Russian playbook as well. (laughs) I mean, it's incredible. Incredible to hear the the tortured explanations. She, of course, Susan Rice, the one that said that uh, Benghazi was was the result of a YouTube video. Mm, Right. By the way, it's always the Russians when it's all said and done. I don't see how this is a winning... Stance. I know that the Democrats have to tiptoe lightly because Antifa has been kind of like their really scary pit bull that they've owned, and they don't need to claim it's theirs. They're like, eh, well, yeah, no, no, you know, they 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 want it. They want it as an armed wing of the party, but they don't want to admit to it. And so you would think if people are hijacking these peaceful pro to otherwise peaceful protests, and you would think that if it was outside agents coming in, that the number of good protesters could easily overwhelm and weed out and go, hey, whoa, what are you doing? And surround and stop the bad guys. But that's not happening, for reasons I think we all know. So from a Democrat standpoint, I don't get it. I I don't get it, and, and you know, I've said before, I've been stunned and wrong about certain things, like when the when the two weeks came and went, and a number of governors said, no, we're staying locked down, I said, I admit, I made the mis- miscalculation that governors, be they Democrat or Republican, would press to open up as soon as possible for the good of their own state, for the good of their own economy, and their own people, but no, that... Turned out not to be the case. Just like you would think that Democrat mayors would say, shit, we have got to nip this unrest in the bud and stop it. But again, no. (laughs) I am shocked, although I'm a slow learner, I guess, to understand that no. Apparently, they don't care if their own cities burn. But anyway, back to uh, the other thing I saw, which blew my mind. And so, yeah, we should be able to find that one Asshole handing out money and basically just arrest him, put a bunch of charges on his head, lock him in the basement, deny his bail, and then start saying, You gonna tell us everything you know? Or do we get out do we get out the waterboard machine? I mean that's me. That maybe that's wrong, you say. (laughs) I think that's me, and I think that's a lot of people. Be like, all right, where'd you come from? Who do you know? Where's your phone? What's your email? Yeah, you know, we're going to find out more about this. The other thing that was amazing was they showed, uh, I saw a couple of videos. There were big pallets of bricks, loose bricks, right there on the sidewalks, left downtown Atlanta, which were conveniently used to throw through the windows of CNN, which I'll admit everyone had a good ha ha. Like, ah, fuck those guys. They finally got what they had coming. But bricks, like, Maybe that was construction. It's possible. But it just seemed too convenient. Is there not big security camera footage on light poles, as there seems to be now more and more in major cities, that could catch, did a truck pull up and quickly go, all right, unload this thing, put it there, and let's go out? Maybe I'm getting a bit too much conspiracy theory on that, but I want to know the story of the bricks left outside buildings in Atlanta. So we've got three simultaneous serious discussions going on at once. And the problem is we're not good at having three discussions at once. We're not even good at having two discussions at once in this country because the media picks one and they run with it. And that's all they do. And maybe we can't, maybe it's impossible to have two or more discussions at once, but we've got to somehow have all three. Discussion one is to get, how do we get the black community to have a working relationship with the police? Question number two is how do we get society back up and running ASAP? Because you can't just have this vacuum of nothing to do and empty cities. It's, it's just going to be a breeding ground for mayhem, which by the way, I think we've got no choice. we got to open, 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 open on all fronts now. And the third discussion we've got to have is how do we ratchet down on Antifa and similar groups who are having a field day right now. Now they've, declared them a terrorist organization, the Attorney General says he's coming after them, I'll, I'll withhold my jumping up and down till I see some action on that. Now, as far as riot control, I have no idea what tactics are being used. I have no idea what the National Guard rules of engagement are. I do know this. Certain people would love it if someone got shot by a National Guard's member or a cop which to my knowledge hasn't happened yet as of sunday night there was a shooting of a police officer in oakland and he was black killed him so good good that's that's working out good but i don't know what the rules of engagement are me it'd be it'd be rubber bullets and pepper spray as far as the eye can see and it would be super aggressive but they you know that if one person gets shot there'd be a bunch of people filming it, putting it up to YouTube, and they're going to go see what Trump did. Because you know that's what they would love. That is their campaign platform for the fall. Look at this dead body. It's Trump's fault. That is what, and yeah, so some, even if it was someone throwing a Molotov cocktail into a building, like for example, uh, total insanity, in Richmond, Virginia, somebody threw, somebody tried to light on fire, or did light on fire, a multi- family home that had a child inside and then they tried to block the fire engines from coming. Luckily, nobody was hurt. So you could have somebody caught on tape, throwing a Molotov cocktail into a apartment building and setting it ablaze. And if they get shot, they will be turned into the sweetest, most innocent person ever by the media. They would be made into a martyr. You know, it. you would see their cutest Facebook pages And they would talk about all the good things they did. And they would insist they were not doing anything out there. And so that's the conundrum. That's the trap that we're in right now. I do know this. Everything that happened this weekend is going to fall heavily on the communities of the poor and the black. It is a devastating blow. We're talking black-owned businesses were torched. Killer Mike in Atlanta had a very eloquent speech in which he said, look, I know of at least 22 different black-owned restaurants owned by black women. Black women own their business. Many of them were lit on fire or looted. The economic flight economic flight that's going to come from this is going to be hellacious. The demographic flight from cities, pandemics and riots, God, you know, I was zillowing prices in South Dakota. Tell you what, they got some pretty cheap houses, nice open spaces there. The good cops are going to quit left and right because it's already hard enough to get good people to do the job. There'll be more crime, less investment, less jobs. In other words, misery. So... The true protesters who are out there genuinely protesting George Floyd's murder, which I agree is a murder, they have got to get their arms around the violent faction somehow, because this is absolutely not serving their cause. They are losing the argument with the rest of America as this goes on. And with that, let's talk some game. All right, time to go to Vegas in our minds, and welcome on our friend Gil Alexander from Vsin. So, hello. hello, how we doing, brother? All things considered, doing good. I uh, got got waking up in Vegas. I can't wait to wake up in Vegas in the fall. Me and the Wisconsin Mafia have already rebooked our Zave Vegas March for the week of what is expected to be the Masters in the first weekend, second weekend of uh, November, I believe. I
1: believe. I I got it all. I'm so confused with everything now. God.
0: Exactly. The I think that's true. Schedule's a mess. Now, it will be a -a once-in-a-lifetime glorious abundance of, you know, for us golfers. The Masters opposite NFL oh. Sunday and college football Saturday. It's gonna be crazy. So we're looking forward to it. By the way, Gil Alexander, you can hear him on vSIN every day, a numbers game, ten to noon Eastern time. Go to vsin.com Also uh on Sirius XM two oh four if you don't want to log on for that. Plus he has a podcast called Beating the Book. Have you been beating the book on the Bundesliga, on the KBO lately? Give me an update on what the hell you're gambling on, and what are you guys talking about? Well, that's,
1: that's the bigger one, is, is the uh, the latter. Um, when this whole thing started, and I I was on the air, those surreal days of March 12th and March 13th when sports were canceled in real time— my, my whole attitude was like, well, you know, four weeks of this, I think I can get by, better profiles. I mean, There's not going to be much to bet on, but we can fudge our way. Four months of this might be an entirely different story. Exactly. Uh, and it's get, yeah, it's getting there, um, which is what makes what you're doing, by the way, on your podcast so great because you're branching out. Uh, but to answer your question, um, not much. I mean, I'm at Bundesliga, you know, just for the action junkie in me once, maybe I bet it. I'm not one of these people who uh, bet table tennis. So I've just kind of done what uh, any disciplined gambler would do and stop gambling is pretty much
0: what I've done. And, and, and do you wake up with the shakes thinking, yeah, I got nothing on the line today. This is so unusual. <laughs> oh, it's uh, the, the
1: temptation to bet whether the stock market goes up and down. Those are props available in some places.
0: Oh yeah, In there's awesome. yeah, there's that. Yeah. I bet there's some prop bets on maybe whether seasons will start again, like baseball or the NBA.
1: I uh, bet the NBA over MLB early on at plus two forty, which was very contrarian at for, that time, but for what? To be a pretty good bet to for, start a regular season game to start earlier. Uh-huh. Oh no, not even a regular season game. Anything to start first.
0: NBA time, was baseball, plus two forty over MLB.
1: Yeah. 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 Because if you recall, at that time, MLB was like, oh, yeah, they'll get it done. You know, they're just leaving spring training for the heck of it now for a few weeks. Little did we know uh, the that base, they are. Yeah. yeah. The,
0: the baseball thing is nuts. You know, had they gotten their shit together, they could be in spring training right now in Arizona and in Florida, and they could be on track for a June 15th start. But No.
1: No. This is, you know, I've, I'm sure you have too. I've talked to a few former guys or guys who are in the minors who are coaching and they're like, let's call it what it is. This is a strike at this point. This is 1994 all over again. Interesting. And yeah, they, they, you know, that the owners had to know, had to know that the players uh, were not going to like that proposal. And, um, you know, it's, I don't think they're anywhere close, anywhere close. Whereas of course, Gary Bettman and, uh, Adam Silver going to try to do this here, but still, you
0: know, 60 days out, kind of. I, I, yeah, the, to me, the NBA is saying, well, we're hoping to start by July 31st. It's like, wh- wh- what, are you, what have you been doing the last <laughs> month? What, what are you doing now? Why so long, so slow? I, I think they're slow <laughs> to adjust to this notion that we got to create this perfectly virus-sealed bubble for our players, and yet they're going to be playing in a state where everyone else is walking around Having dinner at restaurants.
1: Let, let me let me be uh, let me be honest here. So in March, I was probably ahead of the cautious curve. Like, I, I was probably one of those who's like, I don't think you guys get it. Like, this is a pretty big deal. With Serious that shit. Yeah. And then April, I would say I was I was probably still a little bit of the aftermath of that. But once you know, we got around to May, and the when the days went on and the weeks went on. Then it got to the point where I'm like, wait a minute. We've heard about 5,000 different versions of every angle of this. Right. And I'm not so sure anybody knows what the hell they're talking about. And uh, I was in, I'm in California. I, I fled back to uh, San Francisco for a while, figuring initially that would be a better place to be than the Vegas Strip uh, when, the, when the sort of early days uh, started in. And, um, you know, we exercise every day. No one's wearing a mask, but, um, I just don't, I I don't understand why we are.
0: Well, well, the reason, and and this is something I talk about all the time, like I'm just reading a story and I'll talk about it later. The, uh, the prime minister of Denmark apologized today saying we overreacted, we panicked, We just didn't want the worst thing to come true. The models were wrong. We shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have done that. And I say, that's great. Now, do you think we will ever get anything like that from anyone here in America? Oh, no. No chance. Come on. No chance. So what, what is amazing to me, and okay, your show is a numbers game, and that's all you guys do is numbers. The numbers on this virus are fascinating and complex, and they're beyond my full comprehension, but I at least am intrigued to kind of dig into them and sort of understand them. And so you start reading, and you start following people who are smart, and they're charting things, and you learn a lot about how the numbers are getting reported, and it's absolute chaos, I mean, you've got labs that wait three days. They don't work on the weekends. They then dump all this big batch on a Wednesday. So you'll see these up and down spikes, and the news media will portray it like, well, there was a big spike today, and uh, let's see, two days ago, Georgia opened up. Oh, that's bad. The numbers yeah. don't mean anything because they're not, They're not. it's not good data, Gil, is what I'm saying. It's the it's worst data. data. Well, it, it, to your point,
1: Sunday nights, like if you were one of these people, I don't know how morbid you have to be, but I I mean, I'll raise my hand because for a little while I was in this too where I was watching those numbers, Uh, U.S. cases, U.S. deaths, thinking of percentages compared to global and all that. Sunday nights used to be this strange non-reportage that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden on Sundays, I'd be like, oh, did did everybody stop dying? Uh, And then it would, as you just said, then it would sort of catapult forward Uh, after that. So yeah, it does create a narrative where there isn't one. The other thing is this curve. Early on, and you may have talked about this. If it it wasn't, you forgive me if it was. I want to give credit. But these curves, this bell curve-like, although mathematicians would tell you it's not exactly a bell curve, but this bell curve-like graph that we would see early on, well, we're on the early part of that curve. We're nowhere close to this peak. Those have been a They are nowhere to be found. And it's fascinating to see that because we are on the
0: other side of that. But they won't show that. They won't show that. That's the thing is that, you know, we are visual creatures as human beings. And so, therefore, if you see something, you're like, oh, oh, we're here. Oh, that looks good. Looks like we're off the hill. Let's go. But the the, the media has a vested interest in making sure this thing goes on as long as possible. But now with the rioting, it's kind of knocked COVID off the front page and probably knocked it out for good. There's other things to worry about now. So we'll see. I just thought from a numbers standpoint, it's unfortunate that so many baseball people in our field, in the sports radio, sports media field, Weren't intrigued to dig into the numbers like they would baseball because they were fascinating. They would have led to some interesting debates such as what number really matters. Like to me, the only number that matters is hospitalizations. That was the whole point of shutting down two weeks to flatten the curve because we don't want to overrun the hospitals. Okay, fine. So that's the only number that matters, the number of daily cases and everything else. You you, you want the number of hospitalizations going down and obviously deaths, which are also going down. But the raw number of positives doesn't matter. It'd be like in baseball when the Moneyball guys figured out, hey, here's the key number on base percentage on base percentage. That's the number right there. There could have been a lot turns of that been- in yeah. Could have been a lot of that in sport with sports guys, but they were like, man, they just went along basically.
1: Yeah, it turns out those baseball card sets didn't mean anything our, our entire childhood or, or didn't mean much. They right. you know when you bring up baseball people, what I've sort of been saying on my show is what I've been fascinated about getting it to the sports side of things is where had all the baseball purists gone? This is a little different topic, but. I was fascinated by the fact that, you know, if I take someone like Bob Cox as a poster child for baseball purists, maybe that's accurate, maybe it's not. But the willingness of baseball people this year to say that any baseball was better than no baseball at all, I, I thought that was an interesting take that I didn't expect, which was, yeah, realignment's fine. Um, DH everywhere is fine. All these other sort of bastardizations, the realignment being the biggest one counting stats average i mean think about it. someone could hit 470 in, a, in an 82 game season right all of the stats when we think of the 81 dodgers for instance winning the, the world series there's a little part of us that dips a little when we think oh that was 81 that's right there was a strike um and and the stats are funny like eddie murray's one great year in homers was 81 and it got sort of Right. You know, split in two so we didn't get it. But I, I found that a, a weird quirk of all of this, that of all sports that I would have expected to be like, oh, no, we we can't do this to our,
0: yeah. you know, our pure. Well, They weren't there. I heard none of those voices. I think because of the pandemic and because of the uncertainty, the baseball purists said, fuck the purity. I just want something this year. I can't imagine yeah. an entire summer and fall without the game I love. So I think, they, I think they made that compromise in their mind. But it, it, that is a good point, that none of the purists stepped up to go, we can't have a season. It's going to be a joke. Yeah. They'll take yeah. whatever they can get, and I kind of understand it. Let me shift gears here. Yeah. What is going to happen to Vegas? I have a friend, Big Mike, who has already booked a trip out for June 6th. I think by the end of the week he's going to be there. And he, he, credit him as one of the first responders. He's going to one of the MGM properties. What is going to happen?
1: (laughs) This is, this is the big question. The old one of the, what they used to say was a $64,000 question, whatever money amount you want to put on it now, because it opens June 4th. And when I say opens, so June 4th is Thursday. And what's opening is not, I mean, it's a big swath of hotels. I'll tell you what's not opening. Uh, the Aria is not opening. A lot of MGM properties like uh, Park MGM, sure. the Aria, they're not opening. Uh, Planet Hollywood over on the Caesar side is not opening. So there is a group of hotels that is not. But there's a whole bunch of them that are. And they're going with the day clubs, it seems like. And they're go- <laughs> Vegas is going to be the case study to end – All talk of the pandemic or to shift it right into, you see, See? this is what we've been talking about all the time.
0: Right. Well, I don't know how many people are going to be there when it first opens. I guess that'll be interesting to see. Do you know how much money they estimate Vegas has lost per day during this?
1: Oh, I remember just per, I can give you for one property and then you can extrapolate. But for like, you know, the MGM grand, it was something like 14 million a day kind of thing. So, so do that, do the math on every single property in Vegas. and it's, I mean, it's just astronomical.
0: So it's, how are yeah. they going to survive? Will there be bankruptcies? Will certain casinos close? How are they finding ways to stay afloat?
1: Well, they were, remember they wanted bailout money and I'm, and so there was a big uproar about that. Like really casinos yeah. bailout money. Yeah. Um, There, listen, this is what I mean. The big question is are people going to get, you know, people saw the pool at the Ozarks and were like, oh, you see, Vegas is going to be packed from day one. Well, people don't get in a plane to fly to the Ozarks, right? The big decision people are going to have to make is are we going to get in that iron tube for three, four, five hours, however long it takes from wherever you are in the country, and risk that to go to Vegas? And the question becomes: I mean, if we look at cruise ships as a sort of uh, you know indicator, indicator, yeah, yeah, it looks like they will. I mean, people I in droves. If you believe Carnival Cruise Lines, they're ready to go on cruises. Which to me, like you couldn't pay me, but that's well, just me.
0: That's the thing. There, there are other things to be unpleasant about when you're around lots of people and other illnesses. You know, <laughs> no- noroviruses yeah. that cause you to shit and puke all day long from both orifices. So yeah, that <laughs> stuns me that the cruise ships will be so quick to bounce back. I think I think there'll be a modestly surprising number of people who are ready to get back to Vegas. Now, what about all these plastic divider schemes that I've seen for oh, some of the table yeah. games?
1: Yeah. See, that's the thing. So so slot machines, there's spacing, you know, they they they're spreading out chairs supposedly in every sports book. Gotta be six feet, Steve. Oh, Gotta yeah. be six feet. God forbid it's not. Uh, Cause that's science, right? Science, um, yeah, science. But uh, as far as you know, the dividers at blackjack tables—I don't know about you—but that does not sound like a very pleasant experience to me. But,
0: but yet, I've seen they're going to try. I've seen that. Do you know for? I mean, I know you're not there now, but do you know from some of your people whether or not they say yes? That's going to be a thing.
1: Oh yeah, they're up. They're up in most locations. I mean, this is. There are. They are really going to try to change how this is done in many ways you know the bigger question becomes poker room steve because think about the just petri dish that is oh yeah and you can't play poker I mean, you if you change a poker table from six players to four poker players will tell you this the math becomes such that it's just not it's a totally different game interesting like
0: poker. interesting yeah
1: so yeah, that, and then it become and poker is, you know, those are grinders. Those are the people who grind for a living betting, and, and it's going to be real tough Well, to see when, because there's no plans for that to come back yet.
0: So poker is not coming back anytime soon.
1: No, it's not not part of the first wave, that's for
0: sure. Mm. And, you know, when you play poker, you're sitting down with five other people for an extended period of time, and that is one of the keys on transmission, you walk by somebody who's got it, you're probably not going to get it. You stand, you sit next to somebody close who's shedding and doesn't know it for more than 30 minutes, look out. And yeah. poker does that more. Blackjack shit, who doesn't get cleaned out in 20 minutes of blackjack? Honestly. So you're there not for as long of a time. Sometimes you are, depending on you know how you play. But poker would be seemingly to be a bigger danger. Here's how I
1: would put it about Las Vegas. Here's how I have put it: If there was ever a city built to be destroyed by a pandemic, given all that we've said about different signals and all
0: that, (laughs) if there was ever if there was a city to be be built, yeah, it's Vegas. But if there was if there was ever a city that could stand up and flip a pandemic the bird, it's also Gil. It's Las Vegas. Vegas that's right so that's right I'm, I'm everything looking... is
1: based on social proximity right day clubs night clubs gambling the chips and the but money the I... dirt on that if but... if no one goes positive if no one becomes positive though you, we will never hear about this pandemic
0: again well some people will and they might but you don't know where they're gonna get it they could get it from their wife they could get it at the restaurant or the supermarket like it's it's gonna be all over so i just i don't know i i think. I think it's going to be fine in the long run. I just don't know how long it's going to take. I do think at some point you're going to see some lot out there in the desert that has a mountain of plastic divider shields that used to sit at blackjack tables. I'm telling you, I'm not kidding, Gil. At some point, whether it's in two months – Two years, whatever. Th- there will be that graveyard of yeah. Remember that time we? Because they got to do what they have to do just to get on yeah. their feet. A little bit of in, theater, in betting, pandemic. Theater. Yeah.
1: In betting parlance, I would put your prediction at minus one thousand, meaning it's a prohibitive favorite. Because I think the the human condition, right? We are not to not to get all uh, philosophical about it, but. We are social beings, right? And the notion that this in any way will be put up with long-term, whether whether economically, you know, impact, it, it, there's a reason for doing this or not. I just think as human beings, we're just not going to, we're not long for dividers of plastic. We're not.
0: No. no, we are. we are not a social distancing culture or world, and I refuse to be. We are a mosh pit, shoulder to shoulder, screaming at the top of our lungs, going to concerts, going to sporting events. Bro-hugging and living life society. And so I'm not worried about it. You know, know, this new round of bullshit with the rioting is a whole different story. But that, too, will run its course because, as I read somewhere, someone had a smart quote, which was, things that cannot go on won't. And this kind of mayhem cannot go on forever. So it won't. It's just a matter of how long. And how much yeah. damage is done, which is unfortunate. So, from a sports gambling perspective, let's assume all the leagues end up standing up. You've had a number of season props wiped out because of truncated seasons, right? hmm And then you're going yeah. to have a whole new set of gambling opportunities, especially on the NHL, which is going to be a wild ride because the format is totally bonkers, and I kind of love it. So how do you see the gambling aspect of it being once these leagues start up again and they do it in a format that is different?
1: Okay. Uh, For baseball, let's just get this one out of the way quick. If there were to be a 82-game baseball season or whatever, I think it's fascinating because randomness would play a role in a way that it could never over 162 games. So the notion of a team like, yeah, I won't go to the Orioles or the Tigers, but the notion of a, a middling team like the Blue Jays, could have a real shot at just putting together a couple good months and all of a sudden they're smack dab in a pennant race. So I think baseball could be fascinating from that standpoint, but here's the thing, the bookmakers know that too, so it's yeah. not going to be a whole bunch of value doing that. Right. As far as hockey and basketball playoffs, to me, the real thing gets to the no crowd aspect. And so this is where how much, you know, from a betting standpoint, how much does home uh, ice or home court matter? now? Historically, eighty percent of NBA favorites get through to the next round of the NBA playoffs. We know that intuitively because first rounds are ridiculous, so that skews it a whole bunch. If you were to get, if you wanted to get eighty percent of hockey home ice advantage teams through to the next round of the hockey playoffs, of so the Stanley Cup playoffs, you would have to play a best of fifty-one instead of a best of seven. Wow! In other words, home ice means nothing, even in good times,
0: in hockey. Do you? Uh, uh, it's
1: very, very meaningless.
0: Have you ever heard of the book called Scorecasting? Yes. Yeah, by Tobias Moskowitz and John L. L. John Wertheim. It's called Scorecasting: The Hidden Influences Behind How Sports Are Played and Games Are Won. And they essentially looked at the home field, home court, home ice advantage in all the different sports. And they concluded the reason the NBA had the biggest home court skew was because of the referees. They got to make more calls in total that affect the game, and they're more easily influenced by the crowd going, Ah, that's a foul on LeBron! Come on, man! and so it's without exactly where i was going, without, exactly the crowds, where I was going with. without the crowds you might be able to play lebron in la in a game 7 and get a fair shake from the refs which would be a
1: shocker 100% where i was going with it what i was getting at was hockey therefore without crowds means from a betting standpoint and from a from a fan standpoint that there are no crowds in hockey, although we love to think, hey, we go to Caps games or whatever games, and uh, you know we love that experience, but they really don't matter in terms of results ultimately. But in basketball, like you said, there is no sport where the refs have the crowd that close to them and right on top of them. And I don't know if you know this, but these refs are human beings. Oh, yeah. And so in the NBA, with that star system on top of that, right, oh, LeBron or whoever the star of the day is, the home team just gets an inordinate amount of calls. Again, we know that intuitively. So from, from, again, just from a betting standpoint, however many people are interested in just that specifically, what will be fascinating is people should not overreact to no crowds in hockey, and they should absolutely overreact, not overreact, but react very strongly to having no crowds in the NBA playoffs. And I think that it will take some time for the betting lines to adjust to that. might take a week, but I think there's real opportunities in rounds one.
0: Very good. The Sports Deluge is coming. When it does, no better place to dig in than at VSIN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Gil's show is a numbers game, 10 to noon Eastern time, Sirius XM 204, and then also download his podcast, Beating the Book, which I can't wait to do when we're out there. In November. Gil, always a pleasure to talk to you, and we will chat again soon. Thank you, as always. There you go. All right, you want to do a little uh, Rona roundup? It's like, is anyone even talking about the Rona now, given what's going on? There is... There isn't as much that catches my eye, if only because so much of, I guess, the reporting in the news cycle was really just the Karens and the Fauci's shaming people over masks, and with all these protesters and everyone out in huge numbers, protesters, some protesting, many rioting, but uh, it's it just sort of it, you know. It, it, Gil mentioned that uh, pool party at the Lake of the Ozarks, and they reported one person tested positive. Okay, okay. We do we know she got at the pool? Uh, you know. Oh, we better contact trace every the the health officials are like, we urge everyone at that party to contact trace and isolate. <laughs> Gonna do that with all of the people out in the streets this past weekend? Yeah. So that part of the coronavirus thing is definitely done. Now, if there is a spike from all these outdoor gatherings, and I don't really think there will be, then will authorities use it as a justification to clamp down again or re-lock down? I wouldn't put anything past them, but I would hope not. I mean, (laughs) the problem is people like me and others who are pissed off and were pissed off over being – Essentially locked in our house, all this unemployment that has crashed down upon the country and businesses being closed and everything else As pissed off as we were like, what the fuck are you doing? You said two weeks. It's been three months now. We don't go out and smash windows and loot. We don't go out and turn cop cars over and light them on fire. Maybe we need to start doing that. I, I don't have the time for it. I don't have the energy for it. I don't think it's constructive. I don't think it's going to solve anything, you know? But imagine if because there is an uptick or they create a narrative like, oh, boy, now we got some more infections here and they try to lock down again. Holy shit, will people be pissed on the mask front? Mandatory masks began in Virginia on Friday. And of course, the mandatory mask rule does not include if you have a health condition, which you also do not have to disclose. So I think I wore the mask once indoors. I think I wore it at Chipotle to go get some stuff and get some lunch. And then I went to the grocery store on Sunday, didn't wear a mask. And I noticed at least five or six other people totally not wearing a mask. I noticed one guy with a mask that was dangling from one ear, but completely off his mouth. And I thought, that's a weird thing. He's wearing the mask. He's just not wearing it properly. What does that mean? But I almost felt this kinship with all the other non-masked people. I felt like kind of winking at them like, all right, it's bullshit, right? Yeah, got it. So uh, I went to, uh, after that, I went to pop into 7-Eleven for a cold Diet Coke, which I'm trying to kick, but just bear with me here. And they got big signs in the front door, must wear mask, must wear mask. But they also have the governor's order, which says specifically, unless you have a health condition. This is the 7-Eleven I've gone into damn near every day, if not twice every day, for years near where I live. And there was nobody else in the store, which was odd for a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Normally, people would be coming in and out, getting supplies, blah, blah, blah. Very empty. I go in, and I got no mask. And the guy behind the counter says, next time, you got to wear a mask. And I go, but I I have a health condition. Shh, I don't really have a health condition. Um... And he's like, sorry, boss says you have to have a mask. And I'm like, okay. So I guess I'm not going to go back for a long time. I probably shouldn't go back ever again. I don't want to punish the store. I love my guy, Prad, who works there, who's a huge sports fan. We would always chat sports together whenever I came in. And I'm not trying to punish him, but A, I shouldn't be going to 7-Eleven so much. And B, no, fuck them. I don't know the answer of can a store legally – refuse you service if you don't wear a mask, even though the governor's order for mandatory masks includes a get-out-of-jail card if you have a, quote, condition, and you don't have to disclose that either according to the written health code mandate. I don't know where that falls. All I know is I, knew, I don't need any more 44-ounce Diet Cokes. Then, like I said, Norway's prime minister said, I shut down schools because I panicked. Stunning candor from Norway where the leader says, look, we made mistakes. It was my fault. I acted out of fear. I know better now. They said that the one thing they're definitely not going to do if there's a second wave in the fall, they're not closing schools. Not. In fact, they, they calculated, they said, uh, that it cost them, I forget, like 6.7 billion kroner in in lost productivity by doing that. And it had very little effect on transmission rates. I'd love to see the same thing here in America. A little bit of candor, a little bit of, you know what? We fucked up. A little bit of, god, you know what? We should have done this. You know what? Next time, we're not going to do that. Am I expecting any such candor? Not on your life. All right, don't forget switch over if you are one of our loyal subscribers to Friday's edition of the show to Red Circle it can perhaps be a bit of a hiccup. If you do get a hiccup, just email me. We'll get you unhiccuped in a, in a hurry. Nine out of 10 people jumping over I have no problem. It's because we are closing the doors at Libsyn. They've been good for us, but we are moving on to these new guys, Red Circle. They do a great job. You can subscribe for a year all at once, so you get 12 months for the price of 11 and it's just one charge and gone down the river. No one's going to keep asking, what's this $5 for? Uh, Quality content, as you know, is worth paying a fair price for, and I thank you very much if you are indeed a subscriber. Cancel your Libsyn, re-sign up at Red Circle, and you should be good to go. And then you can get the feed delivered to pretty much any platform you want, except now there's becoming exceptions. Spotify is being an asshole. They paid a ton of money for Joe Rogan, so they're going to start walling in their garden, so to speak. There's nothing we can do about that. Apparently, Google... I think is also not allowing a direct RSS feed, but there are literally like a dozen other podcast apps for your phone, for your device that you can catch all the different podcasts in, including this one. And so therefore I urge you to fall in love with another one because we can't control it when a platform says, Oh, we're taking RSS feeds. That's great. And then, ah, no, now we're not us on our end. Can't keep hopping from place to place to try to satisfy everybody but we're, we're happy with Red Circle. They're doing a good job. And I think it's a good platform. So go ahead and switch over. And I appreciate everybody who is on board. As always, rate and review. So our algorithmic overlords bless our crops. And tell a friend or two who likes good things in their ears and not in a dirty way. Have yourself a great Monday. And we will see you
1: tomorrow.
0: Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022.